This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Aloha my kako. Welcome to a new episode of School You Went. Start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani. And today we're going to be talking story with a Hilo boy who loves his slippers and he loves his Hawaii. A native Hawaiian social media influencer who is using his platform to educate people about Hawaiian language, our culture, and our rich history. I am really humbled and honored to welcome the host of Keep It Aloha podcast, Kamaka Diaz. Welcome Aloha. to PBS Hawaii. Aloha, mahalo for having me. Oh, so good to have you, my friend. Before I get started any yeah. further, rather, I, I got to ask you, what school you went? Okay, so we're we're talking about high school because that's what we talk about in Hawaii. Roger. Um, but I want to start at you know preschool all the way leading up Please to high school so. because it's part, part of, of my my education experience. You know, I went to Kekula Punanaleo Hilo for preschool, and then I went to Kaumeke Kael. And then for middle school and high school, I went to Kekulo Navahio Kalaniopu'u in Kau on um, Hawaii Island. So all was it all Olelo? Uh, yes, Hawaiian immersion all from Hawaiian preschool. Immersion. My my first language is Hawaiian. So my dad, he's actually a Kaiser grad. Uh, so when he graduated, he started to learn Hawaiian. He was really interested. He started to go to a Hawaiian church. So he started reading the Bible in Hawaiian. And he's not actually Hawaiian. He looks Hawaiian, but he's Portuguese Japanese. So I didn't even know he was Hawaiian until maybe I was in high school. Oh I just assumed that he, because he speaks Hawaiian, he was Hawaiian. So yeah, we, we were put into Hawaiian Immersion School since we were babies, and to this day, he only speaks Hawaiian to us. Oh, but I do have to add, I actually graduated from Kaiser High School, because my, my senior year of high school, I moved to Kaiser. So you were, you were a Hawaii boy, all the way, Hawaii yeah. Island, all the way through. Yeah. And then your senior year, you graduated at Dad's alma mater. Yeah, yeah, because I, I went there in the summer of my uh, junior year to train with the football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the UH, the UH uh, kicker, because I wanted to be a kicker. I was kicker receiver because I played soccer. So I was there training, and then the people at Kaiser was like, you should just stay here. It's a better opportunity. So like two weeks before school started, I transferred over. Wow. Yeah. You had a love for, you still have a love for sports. Oh, yes, I, I love it. I mean, fantasy football is my thing now. <laughs> Less injuries for me. <laughs> True that. But so your senior year decided you, this might be an avenue for education as well. You, you went to Kaiser, graduated from Kaiser. All part of who you are, though, today, I would mm-hmm. imagine, that's shaped who you are. Um, funny that you talked about dad only speaks to you in Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Still. Yeah. All our messages are in Hawaiian. He even speaks to people who don't speak in Hawaiian. In Hawaiian. <laughs> <laughs> they always talk about that. <laughs> Sound like Kumuhina. Yeah. Kumuhina is, is on our board of directors oh, no here. Way. Yeah. And sometimes she speaks to the board in Hawaiian. Everybody <laughs> looks at her like... And they look at me for translation. I'm like, I don't know what she yeah, just said. Uh, but she does translate for mm-hmm. us. She could be saying something real kolohe. We would never yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> it's same with you. Right on. I, did, I didn't know that little tidbit that you had moved your junior year mm. to, to go. Yeah. Then you eventually attended UH Manoa. Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to, uh, again, I was going to go somewhere else. I, I wanted to go to Washington State and Oregon, um, maybe play football or, you know, just have that, that experience over there. But um, I, I was on my own. So, I came and I was just living with my auntie. I was put under guardianship with her. And I know I still have my support with my family, but I was just, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. So my counselors helped me to get into college, but I didn't know anything about financial aid and scholarships. Mm-hmm. So by the time I was, I was going to go, I had my Washington State T-shirt. My mom told me, 
oh, you have to pay like $50,000 to go to this school. And I, I, I didn't have that money. So I had an auntie at UH and she got me in within like two weeks before school started. And then I ended up staying at UH for five years. I studied abroad twice and then, yeah, I was a super senior. Super senior. Nothing wrong with super yeah. seniors, brother. Mm -hmm. uh, but you said you studied abroad. So, so I understand. I did some research. Spain yeah. and Argentina. Yes, yes. Uh, but after that, you decided to do something that many people talk about, many people even dream about, <laughs> but you did it. You, you, you decided, I want to be in the Peace Corps. Why is that? Okay, I thought you were talking about winning a fantasy football championship. <laughs> we'll but, get yeah, to that later. Too, yeah. That's important too, <laughs> yeah. you know, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so when I was studying abroad in Spain, that's when I first learned about the Peace Corps. My resident director was talking about his time in Micronesia with, with some other students. And I wasn't even involved in the conversation. I just overheard it. So I went home to my host family, looked it up, and it just looked like everything I wanted to do. You could travel, you could learn new languages, learn new culture, challenge yourself, help others, make people smile. And it just, everything that I loved was incorporated into the mission of the Peace Corps. So I, I came back, finished my minor in Spanish in Argentina, and um, the summer of my senior year. And then I just applied for the Peace Corps. And then we were just talking before this. Madagascar wasn't even my first choice. I really wanted to go to Peru and Costa Rica. But when I was putting in my three preferences, I was on the M section and I saw Madagascar and I just wanted to finish my application. So I was like, oh, cool, I like the movie. And so I, I clicked it and I ended up getting an interview and I went, I loved it. I extended for a year. It was a blessing in disguise. Unbelievable. Mm. So you came up to your application process. Let's let's rewind a little bit. And and you said Madagascar, like the like, like the, the animated movie. movie. Yeah. No, I knew nothing no, about it besides the movie. That's isn't all. that something? Yeah. <laughs> so take us to Madagascar because it it helps shape who you are today. Oh, for sure. Uh, I feel like it's the most transformative time in my life. Um, Everything leading up to Madagascar, you know, it was my foundation. It helped shape me. But like Madagascar is really where I just found myself and I created myself. And, you know, it gave me the confidence to do everything that I wanted to do today. Because you're in the middle of nowhere. You're learning a new language. You have to integrate into their culture, you know. It, I think that's um, sometimes the, the problem when people come here. They try to make this place like their place, you know. Right. The, the goal of the Peace Corps is to integrate into their society, live like how they live, you know, speak like, speak the language that they speak. And, and I, I loved it. I taught English for two years in a rural community, about 8,000 people. I had two sections of 56th graders and two sections of 70 10th graders. And, you know, this big, you know, blackboard, you got chalk, you got a sponge with water to erase it. You have three kids on a little desk all next to each other. And, you're trying to teach English, um, and I didn't even know how to teach English. I had to learn how to teach English. You know, right. that's part of the, the, the training in, in Peace Corps. And then trying to, you know, navigate speaking a new language and surviving on your own, cooking on your own. Wow. Uh, it, it, was, it was a lot, but it was such a good time for growth. I can only imagine what that's like. Um, being in a foreign country, not knowing language, not knowing anyone, mm -hmm. and then let alone just surviving. Um, so you spoke, you learned the language. Yeah, Malagasy. You are, what do they call it? Malagasy. 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 Oh, Malagasy. Yeah. Sound, I thought it was sounded Filipino. Mal <laughs> yeah. Malagasy. Yeah. But you said there's similarities to uh, Olelo, Hawaii. Yeah, language. which is crazy because, um, you know, they're on the other side of the world from each other. So I would never think they're related at all. So when I got there, 
we're, we're driving to the Peace Corps Training Center. We're passing uh, some kalo plants. Uh, there's some greenery and um, even the people. Like you, you, you would think they're like the um, mainland Africa, like dark like that. But they were look. They looked a little bit more like Melanesian, almost maybe like Filipino to um, kind of like their skin color. And I was really confused. I was like, some of these look like people I see in Hawaii. Right. <laughs> um, so I, it really felt like home, and I, I felt like I went from the big island to a bigger island. You know, because Madagascar is the fourth largest island in the world. A lot of people don't know anything about Madagascar. So, so you just educated me. An island? Yeah, it's an island. It's, it's an the fourth island. largest island, 30 million people. Uh, one of the poorest countries in the world. They live off less than a dollar a day. Wow. And um, they eat more rice per capita than anybody in the world. So, so it, was, it was like I was at home. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I got without, a tattoo without on my to show you. Wow. <laughs> okay, you know, you said something in, when you are talking about your experience there of how a lot of people come here and try to make Hawaii where they were from, whether they're from Akron, whether they're from mm -hmm. Las Vegas, etc. That's who you are here to sharing the Hawaiian culture. I want to get into that in a bit, but first let's rewind mm -hmm. even more. So when you came back from Madagascar, you had a, you had a debt. Oh, yeah. Right? So, and that debt became quite a story. I, I watched it on, in some of the, our, our friends at in, in the uh, news stations. Mm -hmm. They saw your story, and it's, it's actually phenomenal what you did. Tell us what you did. Yeah, so when I was finishing my service in Peace Corps at the end of 2019, I was trying to think about what I wanted to do next. And, you know, I wanted to travel. I wanted to write books. I wanted to, all, to do all these things. But the thing that kept stopping me was student loans. I would hear stories from my parents and other people of them taking forever to pay it off, like still paying it off till, till this day. And I was thinking, why can, can we just sacrifice one year, work as hard as you can? You know, I don't have kids. I don't have any obligations. I'm just coming back fresh. So I was thinking, well, I already volunteered three years of my life in the Peace Corps. What's one more year of service uh -huh. just to, you know, end this debt and I can do whatever I want after? So came back in January 6, 2020, I started this thing called the Race to 50K where I paid off $53,757 of student loans in one year just by doing odd jobs like yard work, recycling, uh, dressing up as Buzz Lightyear for a kid's birthday party, <laughs> uh, painting things, uh, selling things, delivering things. So I probably did over 300 jobs during that time and it was all donation based. I didn't charge anything. So people would just reach out to me um, and say, hey, I have this um, this thing for you to do. Can you do it? And I was like, yeah. So I would do it, and then after they would just give me money. That must and, have been, I mean, talk about taking <laughs> risks. Yeah. You know, I mean, going to the Job Corps, and the Peace Corps, rather, mm -hmm. and then doing that. And then doing this is like even a bigger leap sometime of faith. Yeah, but you but did it. I honestly, I was so confident. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like if I could survive the Peace Corps, if I could get through the Peace Corps, which was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Like, everything else is easy. Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, I was telling people before I even left, they, they're asking, what are you going to do? I'm telling them, oh, I'm going to pay off $50,000 in one year unemployed. And you did it. And, and yeah, I was that crazy guy and, and who was telling people that and just out in the community doing all kind of random jobs. And, yeah, I actually did it in 11 months. Wow. Yeah. And along the way, you met 
a ton oh, of people. So many people, so many connections. That yeah. was my favorite part is, right. you know, making the connections and meeting with people. I mean, it slowed down during uh, the pandemic right. because in the beginning it was like things like dressing up as Buzz Lightyear at a kid's birthday party, you know, having that human connection, working together with people, maybe cleaning somebody's yard with somebody. And then it, it had to, I had to kind of pivot a little bit and do. Like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Totally confidential. You don't have to answer. Mm -hmm. How much you made dressing up like Buzz Lightyear? Oh no, every everything's oh, open donated. to the public. Okay. No, I documented everything and yeah. I po posted it online. So every job I had, everybody saw how much I was making. So how much did someone donate? Um, I think to it your was two hundred or three hundred dollars. Wow! Just think if you're Woody, <laughs> you would have got oh, so have much been, that, more. Yeah, that's <laughs> a higher rate. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm just fascinated by your your life story. You're a young man at the age of 30. You've experienced more than some people lifetime. do in a lifetime. <laughs> uh, but your journey is only just getting started, mm -hmm. my friend. So you you wrote a book? Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I wrote a book. Oh, I forgot. I was, yeah. I'm an author too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the idea came during the pandemic when we I, I flew to Hilo because I was I was living on Oahu and doing jobs, but I would fly back and forth. But I flew to Hilo in March, and then the week I was there, everything shut down because of COVID. So I had to think of ways to make money, and I had this blog that I've written over three years in Madagascar, so I decided to turn that blog into a book. Um, I was gonna call it Blook, but it, my brother said it was a bad name, so it's now called So Far. Uh, so I did that, uh, and I was trying to compile all the stories and uh, look for somebody to do the, well, the cover mm -hmm. page, because I, I don't have any, like, arts background. So I met this guy, Jared Kushi. He followed me on Instagram because he saw me working at a wedding uh, earlier in the year at one of our mutual friends' wedding. And he has his own design company, media company. So he decided that he could do it for free just to help me out because he wanted to, everybody wanted to help me out. It was like the coolest thing ever. Somebody gave me a car during that year. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Uh, so we started connecting over that and um, I actually didn't publish that book until a year later because um, things started to pick up, I got busy, and then I ended earlier than I thought. But through that, uh, writing that book, I met Jared, and he introduced me to his, his uh, business partner, Taylor. Uh, who, they're both Hilo, from, from Hilo. One went to Waiakea, one went to Kamehameha, and they told me about the idea of Hawaiiverse. And that was the first business that we all started together, which I'm still doing now. And that is... It, it was built for COVID, but what 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 was Hawaiiverse? Because it turned into something way bigger oh, than yeah. any of you could ever imagine. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we started off as a passion project because I was still doing my race 50K during this time. And we would go to places in Hilo and tell them to sign up. We would record videos. We'd make these spotlight videos where it's like a maybe five-minute video of us just highlighting their story, highlighting their products. And... Um, just like sharing their their business with, with social media. So the idea was just to create this coupon directory, kind of like a local version of Yelp and Groupon, and offer a discount so it, it incentivizes people to go in and support the local businesses. Because we just got tired of seeing the local businesses shut down. And we all know here in Hawaii, the only way that we were going to get to it is by supporting local because what else could you do, right? Right. So we started with 40 businesses in Hilo, and then couple months later, we expanded to Oahu. We grew to 800, we grew to 1,000. Now we have 1,100 businesses. Um, and we actually took that coupon directory and turned it into an app last year. So it's, a, it's an app, and 
we also evolved into an e-commerce store where we sell local products, kind of like uh, Amazon, Etsy of Hawaii. So it, it started off as this passion project, and it kind of just grew into this huge business, and we always had to kind of pivot and figure out ways to monetize because now we have to, you know, make a living. So that's where we're still at now. Terrific. You know, um, I think, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, because all through this whole discussion, Kamaka, what I've heard is is your Hawaiian heart, right? And um, from every decision you've made so far in your young life, it's, it's been driven by, you know, what's in your in your cocoa, in your blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you now do a podcast that's called Keep It Aloha. Mm-hmm. Same principle. Mm-hmm. You're, you're keeping things here. You're keeping things in your heart. That's why you're successful. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. I think that's why even Hawaii has become what it was from from baby from cakey time mm-hmm. to now what you folks are today with, with what you've accomplished fascinating wow. but also amazing and um, but not surprising <laughs> yeah wow. you, yeah you know you your your popularity on online who would have thought that you would say hey this young boy from Hilo was going to be a social media influencer what does that mean to you yeah i mean plenty of responsibility uh, though Yes, I mean, there's pressure that comes. I mean, Kuleana, right? right. To me, I, I never saw it as Kulea, um, as uh, as pressure. It's, you know, everything that I do, even, you know, pe- perpetuating the Hawaiian language, it was instilled in me since a young age, you know, um, respecting people, helping others, looking at everyone as Ohana. So, I mean, I, I took that to Spain, Argentina, Madagascar, back home, and shared that with people. And that's what I get to do on, on the podcast is share the aloha and, like, build community. I think I'm really community-driven. So everything everything I, I want to do is to give back and, you know, make this place better than what it was when I, I got into it, you know? Your Your decision to do what's appropriate and not exploit, it's, it's huge. It's, yeah. it's part of who you are. You know, when I talk about exploitation, sometimes we, we know uh, our islands are loved by people across the globe. You just say Hawaii and people are like, oh, yeah. you know, but sometimes oh. they take, yeah, that's not real. Yeah. Some of that is not real. I mean, yeah, we do the hula, but we don't live in grass shacks, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yes, we surf, mm-hmm. but, you know, we don't surf on the sharks. I mean, all kind of crazy ideas yeah. that people. Or not everybody surfs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You know, it's, I could tell you some horror stories yeah. that I had growing up too. Um, but that's a choice that you also made, that your message will be Pono. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I came back in a time when influencers were a big thing now. Because I left in 2016 and, you know, I was maybe like five years into Instagram. Nobody was really huge, you know. Like if you had a, th- like a K next to your follower count, like that was huge. You know, now people have millions. So when I got back, you know, there was TikToks, there were, there were people like doing little dances and making millions of views. And I just didn't like, like, to me, there was no substance in that. So, and then I think one big thing for me is representation. You know, mm-hmm. like growing up, I thought, you know, you, you work at Walmart or McDonald's or, you know, what, whatever job you get in Hilo or like at an office or something. And there, there's so many more opportunities that you can you can do to make money and you know have start your own career and then I just didn't see anybody doing that I would see a lot of people from Hawaii or people who moved here for college saying like check out like the this cool hike or mm-hmm. look how beautiful Hawaii is I moved to Hawaii to find myself yeah. and they're showing all the, the beautiful things of Hawaii which I get because it, it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and we're, we're so blessed to live here but there's so much that they're missing 
and they're just using Hawaii for their their benefits. So I, I just felt like they're, we were missing somebody who could tell the story, who is Kanaka, who has the background, the knowledge to share these stories. And I, I, I almost just fell into this thing mm-hmm. throughout everything that I was doing. Like I wasn't doing anything to be famous or whatever. I, I was doing everything out of necessity. You know, they say people are motivated by two things, desperation and inspiration. Nice. So through desperation, I was paying off my student loan and because social media was a big thing, I used, I leveraged that so I could gain a following. And now, you know, all, like the podcast, you know, that's inspiration. I, I listen to Joe Rogan, you know, I, mm-hmm. I love what he's doing. I, uh, he talks about anything, right. you know, he's not afraid to get canceled or whatever. So I just thought that that mindset was so inspirational and like that's what led me to doing the podcast. But yeah, I could go on and on. You no, and rightfully so, my friend. You, so now you're again numbers. Some some people get caught up in the, in the K, but you're at thirty four thousand K just yeah. for the podcast. I already got two Ks in my name. I don't I don't need more. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's it's what your content represents. Being culturally res- appropriate, but also responsible, mm-hmm. and that's that's instilled in you from your from for your sure. kupuna. Yeah, my you middle name is Kupono, yeah. so. More so, yeah. You better live up to your <laughs> yeah, name. My exactly. my middle name is Kiyoshi, oh. but that's a whole different conversation, my friend. <laughs> um, you know, so when you connect people, you talk story. Your your format is is what it is. It, it's just talk story style, kind of like this. Like this, yeah. Yeah, um, you got to come on. I've well, I've seen who you had on before, and I don't know if I, I match I with some of those I guests. I think you are, yeah. Uh, I don't know about that, my friend. Do we know who this guy is? <laughs> I grew up watching you. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe even your father grew up yeah. watching me. Um, but yeah, you've had some of the big names in locally and nationally. Uh, how cool is that? I, I I feel like it's the best job in the world because I get to just talk stories with people that I've grown up watching or in the last couple of years I started following. I mean, like recently when we were doing the video for Iam Tongi. So um, I had Kimye on the podcast and I was a big fan. I remember seeing her at the Republic when I was in college maybe in 2014 or 2015 and uh, I was like this is my favorite singer every time I would travel in Madagascar it would travel along maybe like four because it would take me four hours just to get to the capital um, I would always listen to New Day by Kimye so yes. she was one of my favorite singers so the fact that I got to talk stories with Kimye and then later on we're just texting and working on a project together and we're backstage at the Iom Tongi concert just talking stories. I'm like, what is life? Right. You know? It's it's so cool and I I never would have thought that I would be here today. Well there, somebody did. You know, somebody bigger <laughs> yeah. than us. Kyokua took yeah. care of that. You know, you talk about Kimi, um she is a genuine soul. Yeah. And down to earth local girl. So the fact that you gravitated to her music, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, before she became even bigger than life, I mean, right when she started to take off here locally, um, she was already incredible artist. Mm-hmm. But people started to learn of who Kimie was, and yeah. um, I was at the food bank at one early in the early in the uh, my career there, and I wanted to let the folks at the food bank know that. The employees that they were like bamboo. I mean, mm-hmm. our our operation there was so important to who we who Hawaii needs to be, you know, providing for for those in need. But without us all being together, working together, we would not accomplish our mission. 
So I said one day to the whole staff, I said, hey, come upstairs, everybody. I want you guys to know how much I appreciate what you are. And I shared the message of what bamboo is. Bamboo is a very, very, uh, it's probably the, the most sturdy, powerful tree out there, right? Mm -hmm. They talk about bamboo used for nose flute, mm -hmm. fishing poles, but it's, it's, it looks fragile, but it's mm -hmm. not. And they were looking at me like, what are you talking about? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> what you smoking? But anyway, I said, I want you guys to know how much I think of bamboo when I think of you. And Kimia came out. I had called her and said, sister, can you come jam a little bit? And they were like, wow. <laughs> you know, and she's just that kind of a person. And did she sing bamboo? She sang bamboo. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was I and, love that song. And they were like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I just have plenty of love for her. Definitely. Yeah. She, she's great. Yeah, she's great. And I can imagine working with her must have been phenomenal. Awesome, yeah. Yeah. Ian Tongi, he too represents our islands. Definitely. Your, yeah. your thoughts on his recent success? And boy, he has an opportunity to touch the world in a music scene like Brother Is did. Yeah. I think it's so cool what, what he's doing. And whether he knows it or not, he's spreading aloha mm -hmm. and he's representing Hawaii. Even though he's not Hawaiian, he's from the island, you know, he's Polynesian and, you know, we represent the Polynesian culture. I think a lot of times Hawaiians kind of get left out of the Polynesian conversation. I mm -hmm. think it, we're like the high makamaka cousin towards like Samoa and Tonga and everybody else, um, which is one, something that I want to try to bridge the gap in the near future because I've, I've talked to some people and that's what I've heard. Um, but for him to do what he's doing and the way that he connects with others, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's shining a spotlight on Hawaii. And what I love about him is how true he is to his roots. He goes on the stage with his slippers. He sings Cool Down, uh, what, like a three-strum song on the finals of American Idol and wins. And he represents, because that's, that's what I... I yearn for growing up is like why I see these these people representing Hawaii saying like oh I'm from Hawaii I'm doing this but how come none of them is like speaking Hawaiian or you know just promoting Hawaiian things um, and you know it could just be because they're just like not comfortable doing that which I totally get yeah. but seeing him you know represent Hawaii with his aloha shirt, slippers, kolohe kai. I think it was like it was the coolest thing. That was the coolest. When, yeah. when he when he decided to sing that song, I said, "This will either make or break." But I knew that he had picked the right one. Yeah, because it was so Hawaii, right? Yeah. And kolohe kai must have oh, those guys, they must have been all yeah. going crazy. Yeah, uh, even and when, then, he, when he did the the stuck on you by yes, Lionel Richie. That's right. Every, everyone was saying, "Wow, this is such a cool rendition of this song." And all the Hawaiians were like, Ekolu! <laughs> exactly. Been done. Yeah. But you know what? He did it with his own. He made yeah. it his own, yeah, as yeah. Randy Jackson used to say. Yeah. You know, I, one more thing I want to talk about, and then I want to hear your final thoughts, is, you know, no, no subject is, is taboo for you. Everybody can speak their mind, mm -hmm. no rep you know, with, without fear, a safe space. Um, you provide that access for that voice, sometimes for the voiceless mm -hmm. with your podcast. Kind of like what we do here, PBS mm -hmm. Hawaii. Yes. You know, is access to diverse content, mm -hmm. diverse uh, uh, subject matter, and sometimes providing that voice for the voiceless. So we like Bradas. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's it's similar in format. Definitely, um, yes. and and that's that's important for you to continue to perpetuate. Yeah, well, I actually just listened to one of your 
segments with I don't remember it was like Olelo or Island something it was like a quick six minute video and you're talking to the lady about your passion for telling the store telling stories and your integrity and how you know you like the uncensored content because you know as a journalist that's what you know you stand for so I really I really have a lot of respect for that and I've seen PBS videos especially I think the most popular one recently was the 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 uh, the lady talking about her her daughter dying. Oh yes. Um, I think it was some sort of panel. Yes, Kako. Yeah, Kako, yeah. and I love that. Like, you you don't see that on mainstream media. So, um, being able to see that, uh, it was really inspiring. And yeah, I really appreciate what you guys do here, well, sharing the the true story. Sharing the true story, yeah. making it you know um, authentic, mm -hmm. which is what you do. And, and and having the right message of being Pono, but also respectful. Yes. And it's all the, all of the characters, humility, ha, 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 all of that stuff mm -hmm. that you learned as a child mm -hmm. is coming out to who you are professionally today. Yeah, even though, even if I didn't like it growing up, <laughs> I, it stuck with me. That's right. Yeah. You better believe it. Yeah. Otherwise, Kupuna give you a crack. Exactly. Um, your final thoughts on, on what's ahead for you. I mean, gosh, the, the future. You're 30 years old, mm -hmm. and you've accomplished so much and had so much success. What's next for Kamaka? I think my main goal right now, so I, I've had a lot of success. Um, I've done a lot of successful things, you know. I think right now I'm trying to find financial success and money isn't something that's ever driven me. I mean, I, I joined the Peace Corps, you know. Uh, but right now I really want to afford to live in Hawaii and I want to be able to buy a house. So right now, taking all of the skills that I've learned, made, um, all the connections that I've made, I really want to try to crack the code on how to um, build a sustainable life and buy a house here. Mm -hmm. So you know whether that's through the podcast, creating more businesses, um, maybe trying some other business ventures, I think that's, that's the next goal. But always growing and keeping community um, at top of mind. You know, because like, I'm always going to do things Pono. For, for, for my podcast, I'm always thinking local. So if I always said if Taco Bell or McDonald's came to me with a million dollars, I would turn them down. But if they show me a million dollars in front of me, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't get, hey, don't knock Taco Bell. I, I, was a fa I worked Taco Bells from uh, my senior year high school at Kamehameha to my sophomore year at, at UH Manoa. No, I, I, I digress. But yeah. you, here, here's, here's why I'm going to just say something. Because I am Kupuna status. Mm -hmm, yeah. right? I'm no longer Uncle Ron. <laughs> Although, uh, a thunder, uh, Thunderstorm artist still calls me Uncle Ron. Okay. And he can. Um, but I'm actually Kupuna. Mm -hmm. So I tell you this with all due respect. Success, whether you buy one house or not, that's not success. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. You've already achieved success. For what you've done in your short time on planet Earth, you are already successful, my friend. From your years of giving up your life at Peace Corps, educating uh, young children from Madagascar to, to what you're doing right now for the Hawaiian community mm -hmm. and for Hawaii in general, You've already achieved success. So never forget that. Mahalo. You yeah. already have achieved that. And might cut you to your parents and yeah. the kupuna who helped raise you and your auntie mm -hmm. who brought you here for your senior year. Mm -hmm. And everybody who's touched your life. Definitely. Okay? Never forget that. You yeah. already are successful. But nice to have one house, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, I need it for the NFL Red Zone on Sundays. Oh, please. You know, that's what I Don't need. Don't even get me started. <laughs> you know, 
I stopped playing fantasy football. It sounds like it's a passion of yours. Oh, I have a, I have a huge league. I yeah, we had a huge our first draft on a yacht. Oh, no kidding. Like a historic yacht. The nice. Vietnamese shout out to Brynn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy, that's, a, that's an event in itself. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love... I used yeah. to love... Uh, we, at Ketron, we used to have a, a very exclusive league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a small buy-in. Yeah. You know, but just the, the, the camaraderie and all I that stuff it, that yeah. came with draft day. Mm-hmm. Oh, good yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, start, I stopped playing it. You know why? Because I start looking at cheering for Troy Aikman. I hate the <laughs> Cowboys. And I, he was my quarterback. So I said, I cannot do this. It's tough. Yeah. It's crazy. It, there's a yeah. lot going on because I'm a Saints fan. And then if they're playing oh, somebody. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we had we had a couple good years. Yes, you did. You know. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, it's, I love sports. I mean, I just started playing soccer uh, again as well. And um, it's just part of my life, even though my body doesn't like it. Uh, it's just always going to be part of my life. That's my like. That's good. My, my I joke, but hold yeah. on to those uh, moments. And yeah. fantasy football, it can be a sickness, though. Yes, that's it really no, can. No, I'm straight up addicted. Yeah. Like my my girlfriend knows on Sundays, like. Oh yeah. She might as well be single because I'm just going to be there. My wife hates football the season. TV. The red zone. That guy yeah. is amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Talk about ADD. That guy can, like, if you've ever watched, guys listening to the podcast right now, if you've never heard of the NFL Red Zone. Tom Hansen. Dude. I think that, is it Tom? Uh, that guy's Hansen, my hero. Hansen, yeah. He stands takes, up eight hours straight, doesn't take a bathroom break. Nothing. Though. Yeah. Well, because he has something close to him that allows him to do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Walter Cronkite used to have one yeah. of those. Yeah, that guy's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. It's like, Yeah. My favorite time of the year. It's on its its way, by the way. Coming back soon. Can't wait. Kamaka, continued success to you. Mahalo. I'll see you on my podcast. I'll see, yeah? Because you guys do visual. Yeah, yeah. You notice we don't have cameras here, huh? I I, I can uh, help you guys with that. (laughs) No, no. Thank you for coming here, sharing your sharing your your heart, and thank you for what you're doing for Hawaii. For sure. Kamaka Diaz. Mahalo. Wow. Wow, so much... Oh, I feel good about you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Good luck to you. Ma- yeah. Hello, Nui, for joining us, folks. Join us next week, another episode of What School You Went. Until then, we hope. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Garner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.